now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Everybody and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you, covering the Patriots, Bills, and whatever the hell that was last <laughs> night. Trying to break it down for you, Rich Hill. I have to admit, I'm very glad you're here because if I was running this podcast by myself, it would be about three minutes long. It would be a lot of me audibly scratching my head, wondering <laughs> what I just watched, trying to figure out how exactly I witnessed that football game. And as enjoyable and weird as it was, I have no clue to make of it. What what's going what, what what reality is this? What are we doing? I feel like I ask you almost every week what the hell is happening, but never have I been more emphatic about the question what the hell is happening than I was for last night's game. Well, Alec, let me try to clarify something for you. Uh, Please. We are 13 weeks into the 2021 NFL season. the The Patriots started off their year two and four, and they looked terrible. Uh, they barely beat the Davis Mills led Houston Texans back in Week Five. Belichick was coaching scared. Uh, you know, they, they weren't taking any chances with their offense. The new signings that they had, Johnny Smith was getting benched. Damian Harris was fumbling. The season looked over. Uh, but now, 13 weeks into the season with uh, the bye week ahead right now, uh, the Patriots, the New England Patriots, are riding a seven-game winning streak, having beaten the Buffalo Bills in their own house in inclement weather to move to 9-4, and four and have a solitary lead in the AFC. They are the number one seed. They have no tied records with anyone else in the conference. They are by far the most complete team in the conference. Alec, what we just witnessed on Monday Night Football between the Patriots and the Bills was confirmation that the Patriots are the team to beat in the AFC, that they are the class of the conference, and regardless of how they did it, regardless of the fact that maybe Mac Jones isn't a top five quarterback within the conference, that the Patriots don't need him to be, that he can hand the ball off about 5,000 times, and there's nothing the Bills can do to stop them. There is nothing the Bills can do indeed, Rich Hill. Between this game, between the Colts game, the Bills are just getting absolutely gashed on the ground. This is a scenario where I don't know how early in the week the Patriots realized that the weather conditions were going to be what they were in Buffalo. But I can't imagine on, say, Wednesday of this past week when they were initially installing the game plan, they're like, we're just going to run the ball 46 times. (laughs) So they had to adjust at least in some way on the fly, which is incredibly impressive in a lot of ways. And it's a statement win in a lot of ways in that the Patriots went to Arguably, or at least the hypothesis and the conjecture was the best team or one of the best teams in the AFC in their house in prime time on Monday night with a scenario where there was a massive, massive implications. The Patriots and the Bills were basically going for the one seed, not only in the AFC East, but in the entire AFC possibly. And if there was a metaphor that I like to use called getting stuffed in a locker, uh, I feel like that's what the Patriots did to the Bills. They're just like, we're just going to run the ball right down your throat. We're going jumbo with Michael Owenu and Trent Brown on one side doing a six tight end set. We're having Nikhil Harry in there throwing crackback blocks. We're going to run it down your throat. And if you want to stop it, stop it. But the Bills couldn't stop it. And in terms of like analysis and like breakdown, there's nothing really 
impressive to, to talk about, like how they, they adjusted. They just basically just ran it with Ramondre Stevenson. And honestly, man, if not for the Nikhil Harry punt snuff and that personal foul penalty on Miles Bryant, which was garbage, Pat shut the Bills out at home on Monday night. Pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, regardless of the weather, the Patriots had their game plan, they stuck to it, and the Bills could have very easily done it as well, and they decided to air it out. Uh, I, I feel like with the wind, with the weather, the Bills didn't respect that enough. And so, I mean, look, what, what you're talking about with the Patriots, when you take out Mac Jones's kneel downs at the end of the game where he cost the Patriots eight rushing yards with those kneel downs, come on, Mac, uh, you got to think about that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, if you remove those kneel downs, the Patriots averaged 5.2 yards per carry when the Bills knew that the Patriots were only going to run the ball, right? That, that's that's that's. That's crazy. And when you remove even the 64-yard touchdown run from Damian Harris, the Patriots averaged 3.9 yards per carry. And if you're taking notes there, that means that if you run the ball three times, you're averaging a first down, right? So that this was the Bills being completely unable to stop the Patriots, who, you know, didn't need to do anything flashy. They had, obviously, a few really strong runs out there. Stevenson had himself a great game. You know, I, I think you look at his average at 3.3 yards per carry. It doesn't tell this full story of how the Patriots used him to kind of just grind down the clock. This was never going to be a high-scoring game due to the weather. And the Patriots opted to say, let's run down the clock. Let's reduce the number of possessions, reduce the number of opportunities that Josh Allen could have to have, like, you know, a breakout play. Uh, and we'll just try to own it. And, and they did. They, they succeeded in doing that. They didn't need to give Mac Jones any opportunities because I don't think so. I don't think they needed him to do anything. Whereas the bill said, Josh Allen, throw the ball 30 times, and their output was bad. You know, he completed 50% of it. He had 145 yards, so he averaged less than 10 yards per completion. It wasn't really efficient use of them uh, throwing the ball. You know, he had the same yards per uh attempt as the Patriots rushing game did except that that means that they were setting themselves up for failures on third down you know that means you're not moving the ball every single time and as a result the bills were inconsistent they weren't able to link together any real drives uh, against this Patriots team as you said their only score came against uh, just unbelievable play by Nikhil Harry not moving away from the ball like Belichick's explanation that he was back there because they wanted someone with good hands just does not track when you have an all pro punt returner that should be out there it makes zero sense but I, I think that this just shows that Bill Belichick knew what the situation was and just completely out coached Sean McDermott because uh, I think McDermott wanted to put the ball in his multi-million dollar quarterback's hand to win the game, uh, despite the fact that that's just not what the game uh, entailed. It most certainly isn't, Rich Hill. And it's funny, you know, Buffalo obviously is a notoriously tough place to play in terms of weather, not to that degree what we saw last night but it's a blustery windy place you're going to get snow it gets cold there early and i imagine one of the reasons the bills were attracted to josh allen is because he's got a big arm he's throw actually throws the ball better in the wind statistically he's able to alter his throwing mechanics a little bit and having a quarterback that can brave the element and still deliver passes in a, a town like buffalo i think goes a long way towards why they drafted him but if it's clearly not working and you're getting beat up around the, the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. It looks like the Bills just didn't really have an answer for anything the Patriots did. I mean, there was a – I heard the announcers talking about there's a 
it's called a nine on seven drill in practice where basically you can't throw the ball. It's strictly running. The defenders have nine, you have seven, you got to try and make headway for, for the rushing game. And the Patriots were able to do that. I mean, I completely lost count of how many times Ramondre Stevenson was hit at the line of scrimmage, bowled over like two or three guys, picked up like seven yards. It's just remarkable. And, probably pretty demoralizing if you're Buffalo just to get beat up like that on your own home stadium and you couldn't really adjust it. You couldn't have any, any statement answers for it. And now you're sitting there in the seventh seed, I believe in the AFC uh, at the Patriots sit comfortably in the one seed, the tiebreakers over both Buffalo and Tennessee. So it's pretty wild stuff, Rich. Uh, Let me ask you this. Since again, I really don't, I don't know if you do, but I really don't have a whole lot to say about the offensive side of the ball. They just ran it and ran it some more big packages, a hat on the hat, out muscled. And and they said stuffed in a locker or gave them a swirly, whatever you want to, (laughs) whatever analogy you want to use in front of high school bullies. But defensively, Rich, what did the Patriots do to both use the wind for and against them and keep Buffalo so off their game. Yeah, totally. I mean, only thing that I want to say about the Patriots offense before I move to the defense is that we know how to beat the Bills now. They were just taken to the cleaners by the Titans, Colts, and Patriots this year. Colts, you know, three weeks ago, put up 264 yards on the ground against this Bills team. Uh, and this just makes me think that this this Bills team reminds me of those Colts teams uh, of the past with Manning or, you know, with Andrew Luck, I should say, when you could just run the ball on them there's nothing that you could they could do about it uh, and you know maybe they have an offense that could put up some points but they they just have a terrible run defense they are not good any team with a good running play could take them down so i think we learned a lot about the bills there and the patriots are set up perfectly to to capitalize on that on the other side what you're talking about uh the the bills dominated from a field possession standpoint right i, I think their average starting drive uh, as Sean McDermott was talking about before uh, or after the game, the Bills started on average at their own 40-yard line, and the Patriots started closer to their like 23-yard line. So that's 20 yards of advantage that the Bills were starting with average on drives. What mattered more, though, is that the Patriots chose the wind. And so when the game was in crunch time, they had the wind at their back. And so I, despite there being better field position for the Bills. The Patriots had the better defense. They had the more physical defense. They had the ability to stop the Bills, even though they were basically starting at midfield every single time. And the Patriots were able to say, well, if you're going against the wind in these crucial moments, uh, Belichick, uh, Nick Folk told us on, on Tuesday morning that Belichick made the decision that Nick Folk was only going to kick in, in the, the direction against the wind if they were inside the 10-yard line. And that basically just meant the Bills had to get inside the 10-yard line in order to have any shot at kicking a field goal uh, as well. And and they just couldn't get there because the Patriots' defense was too good. And so I I think the Patriots played their game and the Bills kind of got outside of where they could have succeeded. Um, But I don't don't think that the Patriots' defense did anything particularly special other than uh, they switched to man. Something that they've been doing during their dominant stretch in recent weeks has been playing a lot of zone. Uh, But this week, uh, probably because they knew that the passing game would be super quick uh, due to the weather and also this, like, Josh Allen's not going to be chucking the ball down the field when you have so much wind. So any passes are going to be close to the line of scrimmage. The Patriots pivoted and played a lot of man coverage. And as a result, 
the Bills weren't able to get anything going on offense. They weren't able to have any sort of consistency with their receivers. They had a jaw-dropping connection between Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in that fourth quarter. That was beautiful. But outside yeah. of that connection, there wasn't any sort of really reliable passing attack from the Bills. I think it was Diggs that he had deep on the, when they were going with the wind in the third quarter that just moved a little too much to the outside and he couldn't quite haul it in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, Allen is a really, really good passer. And it always is deceptively fast. I'm always very surprised by how he's able to move outside the pocket. Very hard to bring down. There's like a, like a 16 or 20-yard scramble he had, uh, I think, in the, in the, fourth, or the fourth quarter that set them up later. I was always very uh, impressed at how, how fast he runs. Uh, we keep talking about the weather, Rich, and how big a factor the wind played in this game and how big an advantage it was to have the wind at your back in the fourth quarter where the game was decided. Uh, let me ask you this. The Bills won the coin toss and opted to defer. Do you think the right call in that situation would be picked side of field rather than who gets the kickoff, or is that kind of a crazy talk? Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that they you, you don't ever want to forego uh, a possession, but I do think that they undervalued the weather. I, I think I want to keep coming back to that one. I, I think that you obviously want to get the ball to lead off at some point in time, but I, I think that the you know choosing choosing to give up an entire possession would be a bit much. I, I think that you want to be able to have trust in your offense and to be able to do that. I, I think that they, uh, the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick's always learning more and more from the weather people that he has often scorned in the past. Uh, you know, if the weatherman was as right as often as, as Belichick was, they'd be fired or whatever that whole saying is. Um, but I, I think that the, the Patriots have, you know, they made the right decision. And I, I think it's just is simply a matter of the, the Bills coaching staff not being ready for this type of a situation. Bill Belichick in overtime against the Broncos in 2013 would disagree with you there, Rich. But at the uh, end of the day, point. It, is, it is it is possession based. And I think if your defense again, also, if you do trust your defense enough, I think it, it's a big difference. I don't know if the Buffalo Bills defense is as stout as the Patriots defense is again. Yeah. They gave well, I, three I think also in that. I think in that Broncos game too, though, with it being overtime, it made sense that if you could get one stop, then you could go for the wind and win the game. I think that if it was a singular possession, but for, for choosing the ball for the half, you get the wind for or against you at some point. And so it's more a matter. And you heard Sean McDermott say this after the game that like, we wanted to get the ball back as quickly as possible in the third quarter. So they, they still had the wind at their back. And I, I think that just meant that, you know, they knew the wind was going to be some factor, but the Patriots prioritized it at the end of game situation uh, in a similar way that, you know, they prioritized it in that Broncos game where they believed that they, if they could get a stop, they would only need a field goal to win. Uh, and so I, I think both of those are situations of Belichick respecting the weather enough, but it's not necessarily foregoing a possession. At the same time too, you know, when a game starts at opening coin toss, a good two and a half hours are gone between that and the fourth quarter. So who knows what the wind could be doing in a couple of hours. You can't really go that far in advance depending on the weather. But again, the weather was such a factor. To that degree, I also honestly don't know how much of this game we're going to really be able to translate to Patriots mm -hmm. hosting the Bills in a couple of weeks. The good news is their entire passing playbook is wide open to them they didn't see a single pass the patriots through so they can they can basically recycle all their old passing plays and <laughs> throw those out at all but i don't think this is a game where oh the patriots took this one at buffalo that means it bodes better or worse for the patriots i think it's gonna be a very very different game and these two teams square off in a couple of weeks 
Oh, totally. The Patriots did not reveal anything to the Bills in this one. They just said, we're going to have six offensive linemen uh, in our fullback, and we're just going to run behind our pulling guards the entire game uh, and try and stop us. And that was literally it. They, they probably, I don't know, if you looked at it, they might have played like five plays through the entire game, uh, and the Bills couldn't stop them. So, yeah, they'll have, hopefully, fingers crossed, more of the playbook at their disposal uh, because the Bills' big weakness that they had to transition to this week was they lost their all-pro cornerback, Jadavius White, and the Patriots didn't even challenge them uh, a single time. And now that'll still be an opportunity for them uh, when they meet up again. But yeah, I totally agree. I think that there's nothing that you can really say about the the Patriots in this game uh, as a huge lesson, uh, but I do think it says volumes about this Bills team. No, it does. It's not getting any easier for Buffalo because the Patriots are now relaxing, enjoying their late, late bye week. What a great way to head into a bye on the road, momentum building, kind of just team building, camaraderie building win. Must have been a really fun plane ride or bus ride back. And the Bills are now heading to Tampa Bay where they have to take on Tom Brady for a potential situation where the Patriots increase their lead in the AFC East without even having to play a single snap, which is pretty awesome. And then yep. it's going to be a very, very interesting final stretch of games, as the NFL was hoping for when they first set the schedule up. There's definitely going to be a scenario where Week 18 comes along and, and playoff spots just jumping up and down as, as teams score. Should be a lot of fun. But before that, obviously, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here, Rich. Pat's going into a bye now. Much needed. Get some rest. Get healthy. Nurse some injuries, take some time off, and enjoy it. If you are the front office and coaching staff of the Patriots, Rich, what are your mm -hmm. priorities for this bye week? Things you need to address, things maybe aren't working as well as they could that you can maybe fix at this point in the season beyond the, the state of kind of health and rest. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think that's kind of it. They, they need the health and rest, incredibly so. Uh, you know, Damien Harris had a hamstring injury. Adrian Phillips had a knee injury. Hopefully he had some good news. Uh, he was tweeting about it on Tuesday uh, or Monday afternoon. Uh, Monday evening, it sounds like the test results may have been positive, um, but we will see. Uh, so they basically just need their players to get as healthy as possible for this final stretch because fundamentally – I don't think they need to do too much to change things. I, I think that what they've been doing has been working. I think that their offensive line has really settled down. Max Jones is playing within his capabilities. I think that you look at the receivers, uh, they're really rotating well. I, I would love to see perhaps more game plan for like Jonu Smith as a receiver with yards after the catch. But, you know, I, I think he has been over the past two weeks. So thinking of last week and their, their game uh, against the Titans and this week against the Bills, they're feeling more trusting in Jonu Smith's role. Uh, he outsnapped Hunter Henry like 39 to 15 against the Bills because Jonu is their primary run blocker. And so when you think of how does Belichick value his tight ends, uh, I think that's important to realize that they are still getting a ton of value. Belichick loves run blockers. And so Smith is definitely producing, but I would love to see him get more opportunities out there as a receiver. But in reality, the offense is great. The defense is best in the league. I think what they just really need to focus on is health and making sure that, okay, whatever vulnerabilities they may have shown, uh, you know, you look at the Titans putting up 270 rushing yards against them, the Chargers getting 163. The Patriots are not impervious to being weak against the run. If they can shore that up, they have the best secondary in the league and they can take down anyone. They can indeed. And what a nice scenario. A lot of times in weeks and years past, the Patriots have gone to the bye needing to address the pass rush, the secondary, the running game, blocking schemes, whatever it is. I agree with you. I don't think there are any glaring holes on this team. Again, they are not 
on paper the best team in the NFL. If every team in the league brings their A game, the Patriots are not at the top of the list there, but they are hands down the most consistent team in the AFC by leaps and bounds. And every single week they keep doing things to get better and improve. And there are no egos on this team. There are no superstars on this team. And that really allows them to do whatever they have to do to win football games, Rich. And it's pretty great. Just thinking, man, I, 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 I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I was completely wrong about where we'd be at this point when the league or the season first started and they were sitting there at two and four and they looked terrible. I think I had them finishing maybe like nine and eight, at the best with a play, you know, maybe, maybe like a, a wild card spot on the line in week 18 against the Dolphins. That is completely wrong. They are in the driver's seat in the AFC. And if you look ahead to week 14, while the Patriots are home on the couch relaxing, there are a decent number of games, Rich, that could have good implications for the Patriots if they fall their way. Oh, totally. I agree. I mean, the Patriots have obviously come a long way. The Jets were exactly what the doctor ordered back in week seven. Uh, and so, you know, I feel like that's often the case for, for many teams. Um, but yeah, I mean, as the Patriots are resting in week 14, let's kind of go through what those games are. You have the uh, on the Thursday night game, you have the Steelers on the road against the Vikings. There's a very real chance if the Vikings can pull that off, the Steelers will fall to to six five and one or six six and one, uh, which would put them lower in the playoff picture. I would argue, Alec, I want the Steelers to win. I don't want the Bills in the playoffs. I would love for the Bills to lose uh, as they are playing the Buccaneers on Sunday afternoon. I want those bad six-win teams to keep on chugging along to push the the the, uh, the Bills out of the playoff picture because the Bills, uh, I think, are, are more dangerous. They have higher upside than teams like the Steelers, the Raiders, and the Broncos that all sit there with six wins. Uh, I would love for them to keep on winning. I want the 6-6 six and six Browns to beat the 8-4 and four Ravens. I want these six-win teams to move up to seven wins because if the Bills fall to 7-6 and six, uh, and then they have another game against the Patriots, there's a very real chance the Bills after you know next week, but especially after week 16, could be on the outside of the playoff picture, uh, and that's where I would much prefer them to be. Actually, with you there, amazingly. It never feels right to root for the Steelers. You feel kind of dirty doing it because just the rivalry over the years. But, yeah, I mean, I think the Bills are a much more dangerous team than the Steelers are. I'd much rather face the Steelers in the playoffs, especially because the Patriots statistically have historically owned the Steelers in the playoffs. Uh, and it's funny, man. You mentioned the, the Ravens against the Browns. That's at Cleveland. The Browns are a very enigmatic team. I don't really know what to make of them. But I will also say that the Ravens aren't that good either, as evidenced mm -hmm. by some of the wins they barely stuck out over the past couple of weeks. Any kind of divisional game is always a top, especially in Cleveland. And I'll also translate that talking about the Jaguars and the Titans. I This is one of those games you figure the Titans would blow them out of the water. But the way the Titans are playing, the Jags have lost a couple close ones. They've upset some teams. So I don't really think it's going to happen personally that the Ravens and Titans both lose. But I can see one at least of those two games fall on the Patriots' way. Oh, definitely. I, and I think uh, I would never count on the Raiders to go into Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs. But I feel like the Chiefs are a wonky team where uh, they're apt to lose to one of their division rivals in a weird way uh, at home. And why can't it be this game? Um, I, I, I would love to see the 8-4 and four, uh, Ravens, Chiefs, and Titans all lose. Um, there, I would say, is a very low chance of that happening across the board. But I absolutely agree with you that like one of them will go the Patriots' way. I would be shocked if it didn't. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that this is an ideal time for the Patriots to, to catch their breath a little bit. 
because uh, these other teams, you know, this is the last bye week of the, the season, I believe. And so all of these other teams are, you know, not going to get another chance to catch their breath. And the Patriots get to sit back and watch and see what they have to prioritize over their final four weeks. Last question for you, Rich, as we talk about bye weeks and moving forward weeks 14 and beyond. The Patriots next play the Indianapolis Colts in Indy on Saturday, December 18th at 820. They flex this game into a primetime slot that based on how both teams are playing, which basically means by playing on the Monday night and then playing again on the Saturday night, the Patriots kind of lost two days of their bye week. Uh, do you think based on the scheduling and playing on Monday, then Saturday actually works out in their favor, or do you prefer them to get the extra two days of rest? Yeah, I mean, I, I would rather them not lose their mo- their momentum for whatever that word is worth in sports. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to be okay. I, I, losing two week two days of their bye week, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue because that just meant they had an extra day to prepare for the Bills, and they'll have uh, you know one extra day to prepare for the Bills after the Colts game. And so I, I think that's kind of ideal. I don't think they need to have two, you know, a full 14 days to rest up for the Colts game here. Uh, I think that the Colts are like a rising team. I think they're playing pretty well. I also think that the Patriots should be in a position to focus on stopping Jonathan Taylor. Uh, and if they can do that, they'll be able to stop the whole Colts team. And I think that the Colts defense is not that great. And the Patriots should be able to move the ball against them. And I think not to look beyond the Colts, obviously, but I would rather have that extra day to prepare for the bills, because as Belichick always says, the most important first step in reaching the postseason is winning the division. And I'd rather have a little bit extra time to take on the top rival in the division, as opposed to some team in the AFC South. Speaking of winning the division, Rich, correct me if I'm wrong here. My playoff math is always as bad as my regular math is. But I think if the Patriots win three of their next games in some capacity, any three, they win the division. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Because right now, where the Bills stand, their best possible record uh, is uh, 12 and 5, I believe. And if the Patriots win. Uh, their next three games, they'll, they'll or you know, at least three of their games, they can get to 12 wins. I think what happens is that they need to have the Bills lose one of their next games. If the Bills lose once and the Patriots get three wins, Patriots uh, win the, the division, essentially. So we're hoping that the Bills lose against the Bucks next week. If we can pencil that in, then yes, the, the Patriots need three wins to win the division. Uh, and if they, they beat the Bills in Week 16, uh, that really goes a long way because then they have the sweep and then they would only actually need two wins. So basically, if the Bills lose to the Bucks and the Patriots they would have a best possible chance of being 10 and 7 and if that is the case then the patriots could also be 10 and 7 uh and they would only you know if they reach 10 and 7 by beating that bills team they would have the split uh against the the bills so they would get the tiebreaker and so yeah i mean the patriots could in theory have the division locked up by week 16 or in week 16 Boy, would that be great, because that would save us a lot of stress about that Week 18 at Miami game, <laughs> especially because the Dolphins, who are currently, I believe, the 13th seed out of 16 in the AFC, with only the Houston Texans mathematically eliminated, the Dolphins technically aren't – it's not like a, a, a wild and circuitous path to like a one or two seed in the playoffs right now. This AFC is just so wide open. It's really important to take care of business because anything could happen, as we're seeing over and over again this year. This league is just wild, and I'm here for it. 
Oh, totally. And I, I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch this final four weeks for the Patriots, final five weeks for the overall season. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, I'm very relieved that the Patriots got this road victory over the Bills, um, because if they lost that, as we talked about in the previous podcast, if they lost this week, uh, Monday night game to the Bills, they would have lost the division, essentially. That like that would have been it, because there there would have been a very, very hard road for New England to beat the Bills for the record outright. And if the Bills had won, that best the Patriots could split the season. At best, you know, the Bills would have the better divisional record. And so the Patriots would have to outwin them. Uh, and that would have been nearly impossible over the remainder of the season. And so for the Patriots to get this win, this must have boosted their odds of winning the division astronomically. Very, very great emotional win for New England to head into the bye week. Great time for us to get some rest, Alec. It has been a long, long open to the season. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on their Week 13 victory, the Patriots' Week 13 victory over the Bills, or any thoughts as they head into their bye on Week 14? Yeah, last thoughts are, again, this was uh, a game I will I will never forget Patriots at Bill Monday night 2021, possibly for good reasons and bad reasons. We all watched a historic game for whatever it's worth on Monday night. And uh, like you, buddy, as much as I enjoy breaking these games down and chatting with you twice a week, I'm looking forward to getting some rest myself and just kind of relaxing on the couch and watching the game without having to worry about any kind of result. I always enjoy the bye week immensely. Totally. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. Enjoy the break. You too, buddy. You too, man. See ya. All right. Later.